everybody, Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all of the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. Today, mask mandates, the bans on mask mandates, and the cities and counties that intend to defy the bans. In today's increasingly managed information landscape, independent journalism has never been more important. Support factual reporting without the censorship by visiting CherylAckeson.com and click the Store tab. Proceeds from sales go to causes related to independent reporting, including the new ION Awards I'm sponsoring to encourage accurate, off-narrative, original reporting. Also, check out my bestsellers on this topic, Stonewall, Slanted, and The Smear. And thanks for being part of the solution. Some of you have been asking about what I've learned about the effectiveness or harm of using masks to try to prevent COVID-19. I've not dug into that research firsthand, unlike the natural immunity versus vaccine issue. By the way, that investigation is still on the front page at CherylAckeson.com. And I've updated it a couple of times with more information since I first published it. So we're tackling a mask-related issue today with the understanding that there is vigorous debate about it. Many public health officials insist masks are effective and not harmful for kids and that there's reason for children to wear masks. Many scientists disagree. They think that the risks outweigh the benefits according to the data, especially for children. And there are studies showing varying degrees of effectiveness and harm. But we're going to look at the angle of states banning mask mandates for school and then cities and counties violating that and making their own mandates anyway. In the bigger picture, I think this issue fits into a very complex environment we've created or found ourselves in where some people have to obey laws and rules and some don't. Depends on who, depends on the law or the rule. There are places that have decriminalized crime We don't enforce turnstile jumping in some areas because it said, well, the people who live there can't afford the subway fare. After somebody stole my credit card a couple of years ago and charged some items, the police told me that if they didn't spend something like more than $2,000, they don't bother to prosecute. So they've basically given a green light for criminals to steal up to $2,000 with no worries. And then I think they end up wondering why crime is increasing. Well, The same people are committing the same crimes with impunity over and over again, increasing the crime rate because that's being allowed. However you feel about marijuana laws, legalization violates federal law, but the feds in this instance have decided not to enforce the laws. Who can really blame states for thinking that they can decide what laws they wish to follow and which ones they don't? On sanctuary cities, why not protect illegal immigrants who commit additional crimes in the U.S.? After all, People are being allowed to decide what laws to obey case by case. Border laws are not enforced and the communities have to deal with that. And the great irony is that when they try to enforce the law in some cases, the feds who are not enforcing the law try to bar them from enforcing the law. You look at riots, graffiti, looting, destroying public property, tearing down public statues. Well, depending on which side you're on, that's either okay or it's not. Or at least depending on what side you're on, it might be tolerated. 
but it's not the same for everybody. There were some Cuban activists trying to draw attention to the chaos on the communist island recently, and they reportedly drew some graffiti around the Cuban embassy in the U.S. and Washington, D.C., and that wasn't tolerated in the same area where Black Lives Matter and anti-police graffiti was encouraged. Wearing masks? Well, are you allowed to decide in that case if you're like cities and states and people on other issues that you just get to decide whether to follow the rules of the law yourself? Maybe you think because of personal liberty or what studies show or your own personal health, it's either a good idea for you or your kids to wear masks or not to wear masks. But we've seen that people not wearing a mask where it's required in some places have been held down and expelled from an environment, even arrested. Well, maybe all of that's a little bit of a sidetrack, but it strikes me that however you feel about these individual issues, we're becoming a society and we're teaching our kids that rules and laws aren't really rules and laws. Depending on who you are and how you feel, you get to decide. On the subject at hand, you know that Florida and Texas are among states that have banned mask mandates as the kids are going back to school. On May 18th in Texas, which is the focus of our attention today, the governor, Greg Abbott, issued executive order number GA36 relating to the prohibition of governmental entities and officials from mandating face coverings or restricting activities in response to the COVID-19 disaster. I'll point out in looking at the executive order, there's nothing in it that prevents people from wearing masks in schools or anywhere else if they want to or if their parents want children to wear masks. It simply says that they cannot be required. And there are some exceptions. It says that if you are in a state-supported living center, government-owned hospital, government-operated hospitals, they continue to use appropriate policies. Also, jails and prisons, the Department of Corrections, there's an exception there. Now, the interview you'll hear in just a minute is an official advocating for mandatory masks in some places, including schools nonetheless in Texas. So let me go over a little bit of the opposing information. You probably know there are a lot of studies, medical literature that say mask use is not effective and can be harmful. I remember I read one about how much carbon dioxide children have in their systems, harmful carbon dioxide above what the government considers safe after having worn masks. But there are studies such as studies in 2009, 2010, 2012, 16, 17, 19, and 20 that argue with the data that masks are not effective against various viruses and that that would translate to COVID too. For example, one 2020 analysis, a systematic review and meta-analysis published in a peer-reviewed medical journal talked about a total of six randomized clinical trials involving 9,171 participants, which found there were no statistically significant differences in preventing lab-confirmed influenza, lab-confirmed respiratory viral infections, lab-confirmed respiratory infection, and influenza-like illnesses using either surgical masks or the N95 respirators. It also concluded that the use of N95 respirators compared with surgical masks was not associated with a lower risk of lab-confirmed influenza. So you can do your own reading on some of this. Read all sides. Look at what CDC is recommending, public health officials. Read some of the literature that's contrary to that. But the fact is, communities are defying these orders that ban the mask mandates. 
and you're going to hear from the mayor of Laredo, Texas, Pete Sines. I spoke with him just minutes before an emergency meeting held there this week to talk about going against the governor's executive order. Here is Mayor Sines. In Florida and in Texas, there are communities and counties that are defying the governor's orders when it comes to mask mandates and restrictions. What's happening here in Laredo and what's tonight's meeting about? Again, it's, it's the issue of COVID-19. It's rampant. Uh, it's truly a, a public health crisis here in Laredo and not necessarily here. I mean, throughout uh, the region and, and, uh, and some parts of the state of Texas. Uh, so uh, the question tonight is, what do we do uh, with primarily the students? You know, the, the unvaccinated uh, sector of, of, of our school system, uh, which is really the, you know, the younger ones, uh, 12 and younger. Uh, you know, they're, they're just ripe for, for spreading, you know, for, for getting sick, but also spreading as well. Uh, uh, so the question will be uh, whether uh, us as a city, uh, locally, our health director uh, or health authority will, will, will actually mandate uh, masks for, for that sector of, of the school population, which is really the, you know, the, you know, the young children. So it would only be for the ones who well, can't be vaccinated. Correct. Okay. And, and that's my understanding. It, it, it could change. Uh, but I think that's, that's really the, uh, the focus uh, now. So, uh, and, and the reason being is that, you know, uh, we don't have a pediatric ICU unit here in our hospitals. We don't have ICU beds, uh, for that matter, uh, for anyone, you know, we, we've had zero ICU beds for the last uh, you know, eight days uh, and two or three beds available in the last uh, seven or eight weeks, uh, just, just regular hospital beds. And we've had this overflow of people waiting days uh, sometimes for a hospital bed. So, you know, we cannot afford a, 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 a more of a surge, especially with the young people, since this, these variants uh, are now... Uh, basically attacking uh, the the younger uh, generation, uh, so it's it's truly a concern, uh, and we'll see what council decides. Do you suspect, based on what you know, we'll know tonight, but that the council will decide to put in a mask mandate for the younger children in school? Uh, there's there's a, a good good chance it will happen, uh, and again, it's because we have you know we see the tsunami uh, <laughs> coming. And, uh, and we don't have the resources, the hospital uh, capacity here to, to deal with our population, much less the, the pediatric uh, portion. What are the technical or legal challenges if, do you know, if this city passes some sort of mandate that defies what the governor has said? Well, there's, there's obviously going to be consequences and challenges, I presume. Uh, but first things first, let's see what the city decides, uh, and then it'll, it'll take us further uh, uh, but I know there's that issue, the same issue has been raised and by uh, the San Antonio um, school systems there, and I think other cities in the state of Texas, and, uh, and there's a ruling pending. Uh, I mean, obviously the courts rule in favor of the governor's order. I mean, it's a moot point. I mean, we, we you know, we got to do what, what's, what the courts uh, say. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself here. I guess we need to see what, what council decides, and then we'll take it from there. Um, as you know, there's a great deal of debate over masking for children and what's best, and there are scientists on both sides of the issue. Without going into that debate, how do you face that as 
someone who decides what's best to do. You're being told by some people, well, personal freedoms, or some people science is different, and others saying, no, the science is clear. How do you know what's the right thing to do, and how are you making that decision? Well, see, that's the ongoing debate. For us, I think it's, it's a little more clear simply because we don't have the hospital capacity. Uh, we know that our young children, some of them, will end up in the hospital, and we don't even have a pediatric uh, you know, ICU unit. I mean, that in itself, you know, how can you force something? You know, you know it's, ha- it's, it's coming, uh, and, and they're unvaccinated. Uh, uh, they're not protected. Uh, uh, some of them are so young that they really can't appreciate their surroundings and, and the consequences of, of their actions. Uh, uh, so it's, it's just very, very difficult. To, <laughs> and, you do the uh, best you can figuring out what... Right. That's the right course. Right. And then uh, luckily we have the collective wisdom of council and, and of course, our, our health authority and our health team, and they can guide us to, to a certain extent. Uh, but ultimately, uh, science and reality uh, you know, should prevail, uh, but, but we'll see. So minutes after my interview with Mayor Sines, the city of Laredo held their emergency council meeting, and here is what they decided. I'm going to read from their press release. The members of the city council met in executive session with city management legal department, including emergency management coordinator and fire chief Guillermo Hurd, health department director Richard Chamberlain, and Laredo Health Authority Dr. Victor Trevino. After careful consideration, council made a motion to file a lawsuit against Governor Greg Abbott in the state of Texas, seeking to repeal portions of Executive Order 38 and allow the requirement of face masks in schools. Additionally, the motion included the request of the restoration of power to the city mayor and the local health authority and to fight other mandates, such as prohibiting municipalities from requiring city employees to get vaccinated. This press release went on to say, if the court that they filed with does not give a really quick response, The city council will meet again and allow their health authority, Dr. Trevino, to suggest any other measures that council can consider to protect all students before the new school year begins. And that is, by the way, on Monday, August 16th. I'm recording this on Friday, August 13th. After a short break, there will be more with Mayor Sines. I spoke with him as it happens just hours before Homeland Security Chief Alejandra Mayorkas's visit to the South Texas border region about the illegal immigration border crisis. Tasks, deadlines, and projects. What if your teams had a tool that brought everything together? Trello is the project management tool that powers collaboration for over 2 million teams across the globe, including 80% of Fortune 500s. Trello brings teams together by tracking daily to-dos and provides a high-level view across projects and teams. From product development and design to support and production, Trello helps all teams move their work forward together. Thousands of IT admins around the world trust Trello to keep their work safe. With Trello, your teams will have access to hundreds of top-tier integrations they can rely on. A big reason why Trello is top-rated for employee satisfaction. It's where companies do their best work. Trello for enterprise. Learn more by visiting trello.com slash for enterprise. That's T-R-E-L-L-O dot com slash for enterprise. We're back in Laredo, Texas with Mayor Pete Sines. By the way, Laredo is 96% Hispanic, but I've learned on these border trips that I make 
that officials in these communities, largely Hispanic, largely Democrats, where they have to deal with the cost and the crime that comes with the out-of-control illegal immigration, they're typically very pro-border control, and now they are extremely concerned. Laredo is unique as compared to other border patrol sectors in that we receive single adults more so than family unit or unaccompanied children. 96% of the people that we that cross through here the Laredo area are single adults that some of these folks you know, end up in, in stash houses or stash homes, basically throughout the, the community. Uh, and, and they pose a, a danger risk. Uh, these stash homes are organized by criminal, you know, through criminal activity, uh, connections to the cartels. We have local gangs that, that basically are in charge here. Uh, luckily, we have a lot of federal presence, and we're very safe. We're a very safe city. Uh, but the question I usually ask is for how long? If we don't get those federal resources, more Border Patrol people here, and at the rate that the influx of these migrants coming in and, and occupying these homes, these stash houses, these stash houses then translate into tractor-trailer loads going north, uh, train loads going north, and there's criminal activity, there's money, there's drugs, there are women, children. I'm not saying all the people that they have there are, are bad people because they're not, but truly the organizers are uh, because they're, they're profiting from this uh, human smuggling ventures that they have. Uh, and, of course, it also poses a, a uh, risk for our people, bystanders. Uh, they're in the community. We have pursuits which end up in crashes uh, where actually some of the migrants have actually died. Uh, one of the uh, people that reported on a stash home, a young lady, I'm told, was abducted and then tortured uh, for having reported that stash house here uh, locally. Uh, so it's to the point that if it's not controlled in the very near future, it can also lead to something that can be extremely dangerous for us. And I'm, I, as a mayor, I'm very concerned. Uh, this is why I've been asking for resources, Border Patrol police and resources, so you know, we can root this out. But the cause of this is because the border is not secure. We need to secure the border. Uh, you secure the border adequately, you know, you'll eliminate the stash homes, you'll eliminate some of the, uh, the asylum seekers. And granted, once they, these asylum seekers cross into the U.S., they're basically legal because they're claiming asylum, uh, but there's got to be a better way. And, and I'm proposing that that these folks not be forced to to make this trick uh, uh, to the border here. Uh, you know, have them apply in the country of origin or somewhere close to those countries of origin. Have safe places for them and, and do that remotely if we can, uh, uh, because it's it's truly creating a, a mess, and it is a mess. Uh, and, and there's got to be a better way. Uh, we should be embarrassed, frankly, as Americans, uh, to to have a system that is in chaos. But in fact, uh, I know we're so much more capable uh, of, of doing something so much better. Uh, so it's it's well, the, the border has been in trouble sometimes under Democrats, sometimes under Republican presidents. So it's not always just a political correct. party thing. Um, but I think right now in today's polarized environment, Americans who aren't down here on the border, they hear complaints and they don't know what to believe. They think maybe there are some opponents of Biden or tr supporters of Trump who are complaining about the border. Maybe it's not that bad or not that serious a situation and that Democrats are on one side, Republicans are another. Right. What would you tell them about that down here? I, as a mayor, just look at my city. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. What? 
is working for my city, what is in the best interest of my city. And I can tell you as a non-political, try to not to get into the politics so deeply, that whatever system is now in place is not working. It's truly not working. And we see it every day. And we experience it every day. And it's got to change. And we've been asking for help for months now. So something's got to be done. You know, this is not sustainable. It's unacceptable. And we need change. You know, every president brings their policies. President Trump brought his policy about a wall and, and sure divided our community. Uh, president Biden, my understanding, ran on a virtual wall, which is really a smart wall, so to speak. And we haven't seen any implementation of any of those elements, which are primarily more personnel, technology, road building along the river, banks, so there can be more accessibility by Border Patrol. You know, clearing the sites, uh, so Border Patrol you know, has a better you know, approach uh, to the you know, river frontage. Uh, none of that. So, you know, what do we expect? I mean, what, what's coming? Uh, it takes me to the point that maybe that's the status quo is their policy. Uh, and if it is, that's very sad uh, because we at the border are experiencing that, that risk, that danger, uh, the, the burden it's very unfair for a federal policy to be had, but yet expect the locals to safeguard it or you know, implement it for you. Uh, the federal government, if that's your policy, and that's fine. But implement it, package it, organize it, operate it for us, and finance it. But I haven't seen any of that. That was Mayor Pete Sines of Laredo, Texas. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Check out justthenews.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Cheryl Ackeson podcast, my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, and all the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. Do your own research. Make up your own mind. Think for yourself. All right, folks, all of you know the story about my crick in my neck and how I bought a MyPillow a few years ago, and all of a sudden, my neck just healed up. In fact, the orthopedist couldn't figure out what the heck had John done. I, it was simple. I just bought one of Mike Lindell's pillows, and I all of a sudden found I wasn't sleeping right on my pillow. Mike's pillows did the trick. Well, guess what? He's done it again. He's got something new. He's now introducing his new My Slippers. You want the best slipper ever, the best foot experience late at night? Well, Mike has got it. He took over two years to develop this. He designed it to wear this slipper indoor and outdoor all day long. It's comfortable. It's durable. It's made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue in the slipper. And it's made with quality leather suede. They look good. They feel good. They wear good. For a limited time now, Mike is offering 50% off his new My Slippers. You will also receive a free book with any purchase. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you'll want to get some for the whole family. It's a great gift, especially heading into springtime. So here, here's what you do. You go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's easy to remember, right? The promo code JUSTNEWS and you will get deep discounts on all the MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and of course, the MyPillow towel set. And don't forget, y'all want those My Slippers. You gotta have them, they're incredible. Here's another way you can take advantage of this. You can call 800-951-3715 and use the promo code Just News when someone picks up. Call 800-951-3715, use the promo code Just News. Pretty simple stuff for the best slipper sheet pillow experience of your life. Acorns is an app that modernizes the way you manage your finances. It works in the background of your life by combining banking and investing into one seamless experience. 
Every time you get paid, Acorns can invest a piece of it. You can even get paid up to two days in advance, which is perfect for setting money aside and paying off your bills well before they're due. And every time you make a purchase on things like gas, groceries, or whatever, Acorns can round up your spare change and invest it into diversified portfolios that could grow over time. In fact, on average, Acorns users invest $490 a year from their spare change alone. Not only are these portfolios built by experts, they're customized to your current financial situation and your long-term money goals. And if you're crypto curious, you can even allocate up to 5% of your portfolio in a Bitcoin-linked ETF to diversify your investments even further. Start investing with Acorns and get a bonus $10 in investments when you sign up at acorns.com invest10. Remember to consider your investment objectives before investing. For further information and disclosures, visit acorns.com.